Welcome to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. I'm Josh Elledge, founder and CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We turn entrepreneurs into media celebrities, grow their authority, and help them build partnerships with top influencers. We believe that every person has a unique message that can positively impact the world. Stick around to the end of the show, where I'll reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing daily inspiration podcasts on the planet in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. All right, and with us right now, we've got Lane Kawaoka. Lane, you're the founder and CEO of SimplePassiveCashflow.com. Thank you so much for joining us. Aloha, Josh. Thanks for having me. So, Lane, uh, do you, are you in Hawaii? I am. I, yeah, where, um, so, where do you live? So, I was stationed there for three years at Pearl Harbor. And, I'm in uh, uh, Honolulu. It. Oh, you're in Honolulu. Here. Nice. And, and have you been there your whole life? I grew up here, but I was up in Seattle for 14 years working the day job. And then I just moved back a couple of years ago once I uh, sort of became FI and um, live where you want, invest where the numbers make sense. Yeah. Right. Why, why go back to Hawaii? Um, family's here and, you know, I mean, it's right now it's the middle of winter and it's what's a bomb, a cold 75 degrees for me out here. Yeah. <laughs> what were you doing in the uh, Pacific Northwest? So I was an engineer, um, first railroad engineer, then city engineer. Um, you know, jobs pay a lot better on the U.S. mainland than out yeah, here. Right, right. So. Particularly, you know, I, I think you know Hawaii is an amazing place to live, especially if you have a little bit of, you know, you, you have a good <laughs> standard of living, right? You've got decent yeah. Income. I mean, it's good if you're rich because you can hide here. Nope, you know, everybody's nice and frugal, and everybody's driving around Toyotas. You know, that's uh-huh. the way it is, and what better way to get out of the rat race? And that's right. what I didn't like. I was living up in Seattle and everybody was driving around Teslas and Porsches and it's just sort of a rat race out there. Mm, yeah. So, so talk to me about um, getting started in, in real estate. How did, that, how did that begin for you? Yeah, so I graduated college in 2007 with an engineering degree, did construction management and mm-hmm. I bought a house to live in. But because like everybody slaving away at their job, especially the new people, you got to travel a lot. And I was traveling 100% of the time, was never home. So I rented it out. And um, the rent was 2200 a month, the mortgage was 1600 a month. And wow. to a young 20 year old kid, that was a lot of beer money. Mm-hmm. And I was like, shoot, I got to do this again and again and again. And that was the start of the bug. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, so Fast forward to 2015, I had 11 units. And fast forward to today, I got 3,000 units. And uh, I quit the day job last year. So, I mean, how did you get your, again, I, 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 maybe I, I kind of missed that, but I, I, how, did, how were you able to get your first one though? Yeah, so I, I kind of work with a lot of high net worth um, investors. A lot of us mm-hmm. have good paying jobs, engineers, doctors, lawyers, dentists. Mm-hmm. Um, no tricks, no games here. We save down payment money. Usually yeah. you need about 20% down and you use a Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac government subsidized loan. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the houses that we buy initially um, starting out, they're, you know, they're called turnkey rentals, a hundred thousand yeah. dollar property for a good three bedroom, two bath and a good B class area. That'll um, require probably about 25, 30 grand down payment for down payment and cash reserves, closing costs. And you're off and rolling. 
So Lane, um, you know, I would say a, a, a good portion of those who listen to this podcast would be uh, established business owners. Like they've been in business for a while or, you know, they got some good momentum now. And however, I suspect much like myself that they may not be very, well, and I can speak for myself. I, I, I wouldn't consider myself very diversified. Like I've put my heart and soul into the B quadrant. Uh, and so at what point do you think someone should start looking at um, passive revenue through real estate? Yeah, at some point you got to move to the eye. But you know, the bad thing about real estate investing is it's not an asymmetric growth like how your business is. Um, you know, it took me a long time to get up to 11 rentals and even 3,000 rentals, mm -hmm. obviously. Um, it's not a get rich quick thing. So, right. what I would say is it's an end game strategy. But as soon as you save up 30 grand of liquidity that you're not going to use it as a marketing budget or something new, new capital expense in your business, you know, fight to put that into a rental property and get this thing going because, you know, maybe you buy one a year or maybe you buy one every three years, but quickly that picks up speed and exponentially you might buy one every year, then two every year, then you're off and rolling. Um, Talk about risk in terms of, you know, the model of, you know, fixing and flipping versus buying and holding. Yeah, make no mistake. I don't fix or flip. You know, I, <laughs> you're not rule a number one. Rule number one is don't lose money. And how do you ensure that? You ensure that the rents are much more than the the rent, the the mortgage, and mm -hmm. the repairs and capex. We use this rule called the fifty percent rule. So you take your rents and you chop it in half, and that's how much expenses you should be able to account for in your underwriting. So you know, even in a recession, I mean, bring on the recession is what I say. Mm. Because now I can buy everybody's properties, all the fix and flippers who screwed up. Oh, wow. Um, what would you say? So, I mean, if you are buying and holding your renting properties, what would you say, however, is the biggest area where newbies probably screw it up in some way? Probably just where you're buying. I mean, you know, so sophisticated investors don't really buy in primary markets like Seattle, anywhere in California. Um, New York, Boston, you know, Miami, they're all the sexy places to live where your rent to value mm -hmm. ratios aren't going to be high enough for you to be able to cash flow. And for those who are, you know, quick at the math thing, you know, you, you're looking for a rent to value of 1% or higher. You calculate that by taking the monthly rent dividing by the purchase price. So $1,000 a month rent divided by $100,000 property is 1%. And that's mm -hmm. right about the threshold. You're looking for something 1% or higher. Oh, okay. So, you know, we'll look at a lot of markets, secondary markets like Kansas City, Birmingham, Indianapolis, Memphis, those type of areas. Not the coolest place to live in, but um, right. hey, like I said, invest where the numbers make sense. Interesting. So, um, what is there any particular type of property that you think is a great first uh, a first time investor's property or like what's, what's a great starter property to begin with? I always look for like, you know, a lot of my guys are engineers, so they're numbers based. So I go 80% of the median home price. So, so for example, yeah. you know, in Birmingham, I'd say that I don't know this off the top what it is exactly, but I have a feeling that the median home price is probably around 140, $150,000. Mm -hmm. Um, 
you know, that probably makes people's head explode in uh, the state of California. Right. So what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to find a property in the $100,000, $120,000 range that will rent for about $1,200 a month. And then um, what would you say are some of the things that might be surprising for a first-time investor? Is it that the repair costs are more? Is it that, you know, working with the renters might be a challenge? Is it that, um, you know, hey, listen, don't do this, 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 and this yourself? Or what else might you think that um, somebody doesn't really know how it works would be like, oh, well, Lane says do this. I, I wouldn't have thought that. Yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of this is insulated by the property manager, right? Mm. They're doing all the dirty work for you. Yeah. Um, but I, I do think, you know, if you've got a pretty good business, your net worth is half a million or a million dollars or more, you know, buying these rental properties can get a little tiring. And that is why I ultimately sold all my, selling all my rental properties and opting for syndications and private placements as an LP investor, which is a lot more scalable way of doing it. But, you know, there's different options for the right situation. Every situation is unique. Mm-hmm. And so, Lane, obviously you're doing this quite a bit. And at some point you decide that you are going to share what you've learned with other people. Uh, did, did you have any issue with that in terms of like, okay, now I'm going to teach people how to get rich slowly? Or, <laughs> I mean, I'm just wondering if you're, you know, if you had any issues of like, oh, you know, I remember I can speak for myself, right, where... Um, you know, it was one thing to create my own consumer product, but me now with up my influence, I started five years ago, even though I built a seven figure a year company, I still felt uneasy or insecure about teaching people how to grow a business for some reason. I don't know why it's my, again, my own insecurities, but did that, was that a factor for you at all? Um, no, I mean, I kind of just started it just out of just, I wanted to help people. And part of that was a little selfish because I started my podcast back in 2016. At the time, I was still buying these rental properties, these turnkey rentals, or starting to phase out of it at that time. But you know, a lot of my friends, even five, ten years earlier than that, were asking me, "What are you doing for like money? You know, like you're buying these properties sight unseen. How are you doing yeah. that?" And you know, we all know that most people will ne- never do anything, and it's just a complete waste of my time. Mm-hmm. So what does a guy like myself do who doesn't like to waste time, but make a podcast and record, like right. follow my journey, you know, if, you know, if you can't sit through the first 10 of my podcasts, which are all about turnkey rentals, I'm sorry, bro. Like yeah. this is not for you. Mm-hmm. So that might be for someone who's taking a look at Lane, the work that you're doing, just say, hey, listen, go binge list through 10, 10 of my podcasts and you're going to know in your gut whether or not we should become friends or not. <laughs> right, right. I mean, this is simple passive cash flow. It's not that complicated. If you're if you wanted to be a passive investor, which I think is the like probably the best like return on your time mm. and money for that matter. I mean, like you shouldn't be spending more than a few hours a week or even a month on passive investing, spend your time in your highest and best use. Like, you know, for you, it might be your business. Right. For some of my other guys, it's going in on the weekend and doing an extra surgery on overtime. So let's talk about time a little bit more. So if I've got a business and that business very easily takes, you know, eight to 10 hours a day of my time, um, what would be a great place to start with? I would imagine to say, dude, take some time, 
take six months or so and just start, I don't know. I don't know what the time frame is, but just learn, learn a lot of stuff. Listen to a lot of stories of other people and save up your money, get your down payment. And that's, you know, that's like your phase one, right? Would, is, would you say that that's accurate? Yeah. I mean, so step one is go and binge listen to my first 10 podcasts. They're yeah. a lot shorter back then. <laughs> um, you know, so that will take you an hour or two. Step two is, you know, maybe join like my, I have a free Facebook group mm-hmm. of, um, you know, people trying to get into this because that's the hardest thing, right? You, you know, a lot of people, they don't have the peer group to think that they can do something different. Obviously, business owners are a different breed. Mm-hmm. Um, so you kind of got a leg up there. But, you know, just get started and start learning about it. And, um, you know, if you're, if you're the pedigree that has the money saved up, ready to go to buy a rental property, yeah, reach out to me and I'll connect you with a few people that I work with. And at least you don't have to start from scratch. Take me through some numbers, Lane. If someone ultimately gets to a point where they've got, let's say, 10 properties uh, and, you know, they're all kind of just middle of the road, you know, or, you know, kind of maybe, uh, you know, kind of the, 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 the kind of the bullseye for, for what you like to see, what is the potential monthly recurring revenue that they, that they could earn? And I know that's going to be a wide range, um, but just maybe just some averages or, you know, just a, just a, you know, possible scenario. Yeah. I mean, you know, just probably off the top of my head, maybe a couple hundred bucks of cash flow per month per property. So mm-hmm. now you're taught 10 times 200. That's a couple grand. A month um you know nothing to quit your job over right right but it's a start um and you know like that's that's why like i've kind of gravitated more towards passive syndications and private placements because in that sample size of 10 that's exactly how many i had back in 2015 you know you're gonna have an eviction or two every year you're gonna have some kind of bigger issue come up of course the property manager is going to be doing the nitty-gritty on it Mm-hmm. But, you know, a lot of people, they say they need five times as much of that. So now you're having an eviction like every few weeks. I mean, it's just not scalable, right? And right. smart investors, what they do, one of the biggest mistakes I see is investors don't flex their equity. Yeah, they're cash flowing, whatever. But it's also like, you know, as the property appreciates over that, over time and they mm-hmm. make the mortgage payments and their equity position gets bigger, their, their equity gets bigger in the property and their return on investment stays the same. So I call this metric your return on equity. So you can have a lot of equity in a property but still be making the same thing. So at some point, investors need to, need to either sell, refinance, or 1031 exchange into the next bigger property or many properties mm-hmm. to keep that leverage high. Talk to me about your own business where um, you've now become a mentor and, and you facilitate masterminds. Is that correct? That's correct. And, and t- talk to me about like how you developed that, how you built that. And, and uh, you know, again, you've built up a, a great kind of, you know, outside of your own investments, you've built up a, a nice practice where you can help a lot of people and, and, and be paid well for it. Yeah, I mean, I, you can do this a lot of ways, right? You can do real estate education for the masses, um, which I think the podcast is and the website. I mean, everything's on the website for free. Right. It's gracious. If you don't have the time, you know, or the patience to sit through and read, I'm sorry, I can't do anything for you. <laughs> um, my vision, and, you know, I, I think I see this every time I, in the holidays roll around. I don't like to talk about, like, what's happening at the day job, right? I don't care about what people are doing at their work. 
um, I like to talk to investors who are kind of like thinking of how to design their lifestyle. Mm. And I, I'm more of an introvert, so I don't like to talk to too many people. And I'd rather have a smaller core of inner circle or mastermind, if you will. And that was kind of my vision of success of what I wanted to achieve. So that's what, why I've, I've gravitated away from real estate education from the masses to let's get a, a good select people who are very motivated and very collaborative and, and a good group of people. Um, so, you know, like next month we're doing a, a mastermind here in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, of course we're doing a seminar day, but you know, a couple of days of hiking, luau, you know, it's all about relationship building. Your network is your net worth. Nice. So, um, you know, I, I really love that model where, um, you, um, you know, you just give, 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 give lots of content and just let that, you know, all of that service do its job, right. And build relationships with people, build up that trust. Uh, and then people will self-select. Some people get off the elevator on the third floor and they're like, Lane, thank you. That was awesome. You know, I'm on to some other pastures or whatever. Uh, but other people, you know, they stick with you for the long haul and they're like, listen, if I work with anybody, it's going to be Lane <laughs> because I have a relationship with this guy. Um, and that doesn't happen immediately. When, when were you, when, how far into your podcasting path did you start getting your own students? I mean, I, I, I'm kind of lucky. I kind of had this vision from the get-go, right? Because right? I didn't really need to put food on the table. The real estate and my engineering day job did that for me. Mm. So, I mean, I've, I've, I realized very quickly that I didn't want to work with the CFE crowd, the cheap, easy, free folks, because mm. yeah. they just are a bunch of assholes. They just ask all these questions and you never hear from them again. Mm. They just rob your time. Yeah. yeah. So I'd rather work with, you know, people who are good people who like to reciprocate. And um, it's ultimately how I found a lot of deals, you know, through the process. So wonderful. All right. Well, Lane Kawaoka for people who are, watching the video. I think you'll know what Lane's website is. Uh, you've had it on, <laughs> on the screen there behind you in the, uh, and it, that is simplepassivecashflow.com. Yep. And slash club. What happens in the club? Well, that's the mastermind, right? Yeah. So we have, um, we do deals within our club and um, you guys can check out there. And, and um, But we also have a free Facebook group too. Yeah. Um, it seems like everybody has that these days, but you know, Cheap for easy sure. free. <laughs> yeah, Pay but for you, what can, you, get. So you can access everything by going to Lane's website. It's simplepassivecashflow.com. And Lane Kawaoka in Honolulu, Hawaii. Uh, it's been a long time since I've been there. I left in 94. So I was there from 91 to 94. And uh, so my wife actually met at a luau. And um, we spent, uh, uh, let's see, about, uh, I think, 20 magical days together while she was on vacation. She was a, she was a tourist and I was a sailor and uh, we met at a luau and before she, as she's getting back on the plane, right before I bring her to the airport, I actually proposed to her. Um, so we do each other 20 <laughs> days. And uh, so we'll celebrate our 25th wedding anniversary this year. And hopefully we'll make it to Hawaii for that. Oh, do you remember which luau it was or what side of the island it was? Uh, it was the military one that they did uh, on the other side of the harbor, um, trying to think—is there a name for that one? 
I'm trying to figure out one to take the group when they come up next month, but uh, yeah. Yeah, well, don't go to that one if you're single and looking to get married because you'll probably get engaged right away. <laughs> or maybe you do. Maybe that's the one you want to take them to <laughs> yeah. and, and, and build some uh, magical romance uh, while, while they're out learning about real estate. Yeah, well, we'd be glad to have you back, Josh, because um, you know I don't pay any taxes, essentially, with all this real estate investing. So that's it'd be nice great. if you support our economy. Nice, nice. All right, Lane. Thanks so much, brother. I appreciate you. All right. Thanks, Josh. You bet. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now, if you've got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. Now, if you do that, tag us with the hashtag UpMyInfluence. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform, and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. Now, what do you win? Well, we're going to promote you and your business to over 120 thousand social media fans totally free now can you also hook us up now in your podcast player right now please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review we promise to read it all and take action we believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world your feedback helps us fulfill that mission and while you're at it hit that subscribe button you know why tomorrow that's right seven days a week you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed 15 minutes a day. Now, my name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Now, thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement.